0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Duke found a way to win last night. I seem to be saying that a lot for the Blue Devils. Kane's back in action tonight. Interesting late, late coordinator moves in college football. We got another one today in the ACC. Speaking of the ACC, perhaps... The commissioner is going to hit the transfer portal and go to another conference, given uh, Kevin Warren, commissioner of the Big Ten, leaving that post to be the CEO and president of the Chicago Bears. I would, we're joking about traffic before uh, before we get to the, the, the Duke Blue Devils and logging on to the Internet. It's a minor miracle that I'm still able to leave the radio station and get to Cameron Indoor Stadium and be in my seat before tip off. I cut it close yesterday. You got there? But I got there. That's impressive. It feel like it gets harder and harder to do. Uh as more and more people have moved to the area and 40 440 continue to get You also have the to hoof it from the Science Drive garage. That's not a problem. That's not a problem. That's a good 10 minute walk. Oh, I'm a speed walker, man. You there's, are. There's a reason why I took fitness walking at NC State. It gave me life skills. Have you seen him walk these halls, Jillio? Have you see seen me. I've seen him walk you, in you New s- York City. You so. seen, oh, 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 yeah. You yeah. know, look, I'll own that. I'm actually one of the worst people to hang out with in New York City because I do not mosey. I'm booking it. I'm like a New Yorker. I'm like, I'm walking here. Right, Joe? Exactly. I know my way around subways better than you. So let's be real. Let's be real. Come on now, now. But look, when I first started doing this, so I started working at eight fifty the Buzz my senior year at NC State in the fall of two thousand. All right. And it used to be that I could leave the old eight fifty the Buzz studio location that's on Falls the Noose. Say that's over at the old. Uh, oh. Well, that's yeah. not what I'm thinking of. You no, know, the old eight fifty the Buzz look the old eight fifty location was right. Falls of the Noose in Millbrook across from where the Cup of Joe used to be. Now it's like it's where the um ah, what's the name of the what's the name of the breakfast place in downtown? Um Ed's Big Eds. Ed's yeah, the Big Eds location. It's across it's the coastal credit union building right there, right? Yes, I remember going there. So I was able to leave because I produced Adam's show back in the day, and I was able to leave the Buzz studio at six o'clock when the show ended. Get my car, and I could be at the Smith Center. Guess at what time? The Smith Center? The Smith Center. I'm not making this oh, up. come on. 655. 640. Stop. Could do it. I'm not kidding. Now, anybody who's lived in this area for a long time knows there was one catch. If there was anything that happened at exit 273, the 54 exit? Yeah. That gets you into Chapel Hill? You were screwed. Because anything that happens in front of that exit, shut it down. But now it seems like that happens all the time because of all the traffic that we're dealing with. And I know there's a lot of construction and everything else. But, yeah, back in the day, dude, I was able to get the hell out of the bus studio into the Smith Center by around 640 consistently. You kills, man. Consistently. Now, psh, if I try to get to the Smith Center now for a 7 o'clock game, and I've done this, I'm not in my seat until like 7.15. At best, because of the way traffic is now. But you know what? What do I always say, Joe? What do I say about traffic? It's our friend. Traffic is our friend. We need it. Traffic means listeners. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? It's brought to you by Geico. We got a number of ways you can save on car insurance. Call 1 800 947 Auto. Go online to geico.com or stop by the Geico office nearest you. Let's get it. Duke was down by 11 to pit at the half yesterday over
1: at Cameron Indoor Stadium and then Kyle Filipowski happened Filipowski 28 points 15 rebounds leads a stout second half
0: effort by the Blue Devils to knock off Pitt, 77 69 this is a uh, John Shire head coach of the Duke Blue Devils on that second half comeback I was there last night I, I actually pointed out to Errol Reese of the sports shop that it Kind of felt like a sleepy night at Cameron. I get it, seven o'clock on a Wednesday. Um, even if it's two Duke greats in a coaching battle, uh, John Shire and Jeff Capel, I, I understand why I was a little bit sleepy. But in the second half, when Duke was making its comeback, it was pretty wild. I think what's exciting about this is we had some things that didn't go our way. They hit some
1: tough shots. We didn't, obviously, we were careless with the ball in that first half. And so to come out of this during a game, you know, it's NC State. You know, that run, we weren't able to get out of it. You know, uh, early in the year, Kansas, we did. That was probably another game we did. We just didn't close. Uh, but to to know that we can do this, you're down 11. We got back pretty quick in the game, and I uh, just thought we showed a tremendous amount of heart and
0: uh, learned a lot about ourselves tonight. So that's John Shire, head coach at Duke on the win last night. I'll say this about the Blue Devils. We're kind of getting a sense of who they are, what their identity is. It ain't pretty, but you can still be effective when it ain't pretty. Uh, I don't see their offense really gelling at any point. It is what they, what it is right now. Um, and I also don't think that Derek Lively is going to really develop into anything more than he'll have some moments. But you talk about bus drivers, things like that, I don't know based on what I've seen so far. I could be proven wrong. I've been proven wrong before. It's whatever. But I'm not seeing it with Lively. And this is, this is not a and knock on Jeremy Roach. Yeah, he's not there last night. You know, so
1: Filipowski, he's a 7-footer. He can stroke. Uh, First time he made a 3 since December 6th, though. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Duke still has a lot of moving parts. The best part for Duke is in the the non-conference schedule, they picked up enough quality wins to put themselves in a position to make the NCAA tournament. But to do that, they needed wins like last Mm -hmm. night. They needed to get out of Boston
0: College the way that they did, too. Offensive rebounding was the reason why they won that game last night. And it's going to be the reason why they win games down the stretch in the ACC too. Defense, they're big. All right. And I know you joke about it. Missed shots can be offense.
1: Yeah, run the play. Run the missed shot play. <laughs> <laughs> Between Young and Lively
0: and Filipowski, those guys are all seven footers. Next up one of the four, all of the four, or half of the four to the coordinators of college football. Yesterday, we, we kind of were surprised by the news that Dre Bly in North Carolina had a conscious uncoupling. Dre Bly released a statement today saying, hey, look, you know, love Carolina. I don't think anybody questions that. He thanked Bubba Cunningham for giving him an opportunity, thanked Mac Brown for giving him an opportunity. He wants to continue pers- this pursuit of being a coach. So it looks like it's going to happen somewhere else. Um, I know we got some response to our conversation yesterday. I know your stance on Dre Bly and that North Carolina might regret losing somebody who's as integral to recruiting as Dre Bly has been for North Carolina in Mac Brown 2.0. But the numbers are the numbers. And yeah, somebody somebody ends up answering for the defensive issues that North Carolina has had over the last four years, specifically in that position group. Just like at Clemson, what's been the biggest issue at Clemson? You know, I know that Trevor Lawrence ain't walking through that door, sure. but I think and there's a talent issue too. But there was a double down from Dabo to believe in his guys and to elevate guys rather than bringing somebody in to disrupt for the next iteration of Clemson football. Yeah, I think the ideas
1: had stagnated on offense for them, and you you combine that with a dearth of playmaking yep. talent. And something had to change. Will they go into the portal and get better players?
0: We still don't know, but we we do know they will have a different offense coordinator next year. Yes, Brandon Streeter was let go today. Again, I don't. My internal clock for college football news you is all like at a, whack. You are like averse to the word fired, aren't you? What they fired him. I like to come up with new things. Okay, you know. Then they fired Dre Bly too. I know they did. Okay, but it was positioned as a mutual agreement to part ways, Joe. Sure. But yeah, no, he was fired. Brian Street was fired. They let him go. Yeah. However you want to put yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And maybe this is my internal clock with college football being all out of whack because of the transfer portal, the early signing period. There's another signing day in February, the traditional signing day. It's You're like, right. We still have another one of those coming. We come. have another one of those coming. But those right? are all mostly
1: five-star guys that are out there. I would assume those will be portal guys that will end up being signed by then.
0: I guess. I don't know. I feel like some of these are late. Like the decisions. decisions. The, these decisions seem a little bit late. Or maybe the rosters are already set, so because of the clock, maybe they're early. I don't know. I don't know. It just Ooh. seems like these decisions have come out. I just feel like the whole off-season calendar is off totally for college football. Total agreement with you on that. Next up.
1: Who's playing quarterback in the playoffs for the Baltimore Ravens? It doesn't look like it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Jackson's still not practicing with a sprained left knee, for the Ravens, Tyler Huntley though is back at practice. That would be progress for the Ravens who take on the Bengals. But if you were Lamar Jackson and you didn't have a contract, Joe, and you weren't 100, what would you do?
0: Not play. Simple as that. I mean, look, we, we gotta we gotta trust we gotta trust some business decisions. All right. And we talked about this with Brooke Pryor ESPN in the last hour. If you missed any of that conversation, you can check it out on the best of the OG podcast. And I agree with her. Does this Ravens team look like it's going to go deep in the playoffs? I hope not because I have a Bengals ticket. They're playing the Bengals. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. They were two and two with Huntley as their starter. Mm -hmm. If they look like a playoff contender, then maybe, maybe Lamar Jackson comes in and he does this. But I think the larger point is that this is once again – an organization's decision to not take care of a franchise quarterback biting them in the ass. I don't know how many times we need this example. And yes, while I understand that they can franchise tag Lamar Jackson, it accomplishes two things. You're antagonizing your franchise QB by not locking him into a long-term deal, which is what he wanted last year and he didn't give it to him. And you're also cutting your nose off to spite your face this offseason. You made this point. If they had locked him in, do you think Lamar Jackson plays? I do, yeah. I'm but I I don't, I don't know
1: the severity of his injury, but obviously he hasn't played. No. So he's not cuz he's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he's sitting here saying, "Pay me because you you didn't do right by me." I think he's sitting here saying, "I'm not healthy." And I at some point I have to look at after my own future considerations yes. and what's best for me.
0: Future considerations. But also
1: in this inter- in this specific instance, what's best for the Ravens? Because I think you and I are in agreement. They're going to franchise him next year, and Mm -hmm. he's going to play. I mean, hopefully they come up with a deal after that, but it just feels like that's where we're headed on this.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Next up. Number two. College basketball. Things seem to be deteriorating between John Calipari and Kentucky. And this is something that dates back a few seasons. As of right now, Kentucky is not an NCAA tournament team. They're certainly not an NCAA tournament team after taking a quad 4L at home against South Carolina. But in the aftermath of that loss, there's been some reporting as to what's really going on behind the scenes. And maybe Kentucky is stuck with, with John Calipari. Who knows? Because that contract is not exactly something that is easily moved on from. It's a lot of money. And it's a recent one. It's basically one of those contract-for-life type situations. But Mitch Barnhart is the athletics director at Kentucky. And according to Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, who does a wonderful job covering Kentucky, it's an icy relationship. This is not the first time a Hall of Fame college basketball coach has had an icy relationship with an AD where they've won. Calipari is just the latest example of this. But it looks as though... Calipari talking about it being a basketball school and kind of, you know, ruffling feathers with wanting a better practice facility. Uh, Barnhart almost, you know, backing, really just backing the Kentucky football program over the basketball program. Because I do agree with Calipari. What is Kentucky known for? It ain't football. No. It's basketball. And if you want to keep up with basketball, well, what do you got to do? You got to keep up with the Joneses. You got to keep up with Duke. You got to keep up with North Carolina. You got to keep up with Kansas. And that's Calipari's big problem. So the question you have to ask yourself is where would Cal go if this season ends in a departure? You don't think Texas makes sense? Does Texas.
1: <sighs> I just think he's at the point in his career where if he had more capital at like Kentucky, he could tell Mitch Barnhart to pound
0: salt. But he hasn't won.
1: He has the one title in 12, yeah. and I'm not trying to diminish it no. as a one title. But you have to understand that Kentucky, he's had, he had the John Wall year mm-hmm. in 10, which was an unbelievable team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Boogie Cousins, John Wall, they don't even get to the Final Four Yeah, after being the best team in college basketball. And then there's, what, the eighth seed run to the Final Four. Right. But then in 2015, they, they are undefeated. They're in the Final Four, and Wisconsin mm-hmm. knocks them off. And then, of course, Duke, both in 10 and 15, is the – Is the beneficiary of Cal not closing the deal Yeah So instead of having three titles Which legitimately he should have He's got one And the last one was 11 years ago now So at Kentucky, guess what?
0: That's a long time Well, here's the other question Where do you go? If you're Kentucky? If you're not having Cal come back Yeah, I I would go get Nate notes at Alabama But here's my question Nate Oates is handsomely paid at Alabama right now. Yeah, college basketball has changed. We talked about this with Duke. We talked about this with North Carolina and the same applies to Kentucky. College basketball ain't what it used to be with getting coaches to come to your school with the pressure that's involved and the money's pretty good where you're at right now. So why would you leave your situation? In this particular instance, he'll get
1: more money and I think at some point you do we've seen we've seen this with Mac Brown. When he was at Carolina the first time, yeah. At some point, you do want to be Alabama. You'll never be. You'll never be the headliner. At Kentucky, you are the headliner. Next up, the number one story of the day. We're number one.
0: We're number one. So, could the Carolina Panthers be interested in a veteran quarterback that wouldn't upset fans? I think we might have found one. Next. So the Carolina Panthers need a couple things this offseason. First things first, they need a new head coach. I think most people um, are, are well-versed in what's going on there. Steve Wilkes is interviewed for the job after he took the Panthers to a 6-6 six and six record as the interim. They've interviewed a variety of coaches that lean more offensive, talking former quarterbacks who are now offensive coordinators. But they also need a quarterback. And the problem that the Carolina Panthers have right now is that they picked ninth in the draft, and the quarterbacks that you probably want won't be available to them at 9. That's not to say that you can't make it work. You can still draft for need at nine. Maybe Uh-oh. you can. I thought work. you make make it work with like a, no, 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 with no. a
1: Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson. Oh no, I'm not even sure Levis is going to be there at nine. Probably not. I don't see Levis. You know because there's Levis four there. teams in front of them as we speak that need a quarterback.
0: And there's going to be movement because you got to remember who has the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, the, the Bears too. and they have Justin Fields, and they are invested in Justin Fields. So it's entirely possible that that's up for auction. Somebody moves in because uh, that they don't need the quarterback right. Although I saw Pat McAfee today talking about, yeah, why don't you trade Justin Fields and you go get Bryce Young? It's like, what? Nah, I like Justin Fields, regardless. So the Panthers can draft for need at that position, or they can trade out, stack some picks, and go from there. Not the worst idea. It's not the worst idea. And then if you're terrible again, that quarterback class includes a guy that a lot of people are going to want right there in Charlotte in Drake May. The problem with that discussion, what gets people all worked up, is that, well, who are you going to get? Because you're over Sam Darnold. P.J. Walker is a backup. Uh, They already jettisoned the Baker Mayfield experiment. Are you really going to bring in another Project QB? Well, something changed today. Derek Carr seems to be available. The Raiders quarterback put on social media today that his time is done in Las Vegas. Nine seasons with the Raiders. He's got a no-trade clause, but there's also the possibility that the Raiders move on from Derek Carr so they don't owe him a bunch of money and they can save themselves some cap space. I think his cap hit if they cut him by February 13th. I think it's the date, February 13th. It's only going to be $5.6 million towards their cap. Are the Panthers intriguing enough for Derek Carr to come join them?
1: Yeah, because he's going to be a sought-after commodity. Yes. And don't forget, there's like between like 15 and 20 teams— could have a different starting quarterback next season
0: well I'm glad you brought that up because Robert Sala the Jets head coach they're clearly moving on from Zach Wilson and if, if you don't believe me just listen to Sala talk about how they're going to be aggressive with the quarterback position We've got a really, really good core group of guys. We're going to attack the heck out of our old line with regards to getting healthy and adding to it, and we are going to be aggressive as heck when it comes to quarterback play uh, and making sure that we do everything we can to satisfy that position. Do I want to be as arrogant as to say I think this is plug-and-play where we're going to get better? When you can run the ball, you've got good special teams, and you have a top-five defense, you're supposed to be in the playoffs. I don't disagree with Robert Sala, right? And he's being pragmatic about it. Could Derek Carr be that guy? So this is what the Carolina Panthers are dealing with right now. Um, They actually have an opportunity to get a veteran quarterback that most people would be okay with. If there's one thing that we learned or we continue to learn in the NFL, it doesn't take much to turn your fortunes around, especially if you're coming out of a terrible division. There's no reason to believe that the NFC South is going to be any better next year. It's arguable that, that they'll be worse next season because Tom Brady won't be around to have another Brady moment on you. He'll be somewhere else or he'll be in the Fox booth, for all we know. Atlanta's still in rebuild mode. We know that New Orleans can't get out of their own way. Tampa will clearly be feeling the effects of selling out to win a Super Bowl, which I do not disagree with their decisions to do that. So the Panthers can be the Jaguars next season. Get a competent head coach, get a good quarterback, Active in free agency, and take advantage of a bad division. What the the Jaguars got in at what nine and eight? So you could do that. The Panthers are completely capable of doing that next season. Just depending on what David Tepper does with the head coaching position, right? Here, here's a list of potential quarterbacks
1: for the Panthers next year. Okay, Derek Carr. Yeah, right. Jimmy G. No, no, not without Kyle Shanahan. Wow. Tom Brady. No. The Goff stretch, because who says Detroit doesn't take a quarterback with one of their two top ten picks? No, no on the Goff stretch. Yeah. He had a good year, Jared Goff, a good
0: year. So did Geno Smith. Should we go after Geno Smith? Wait, everybody Just has... giving you a name. Okay, that's fine. Taylor Heineke, no, no. You're bring him back. Well, it's
1: not like he played for them. Nah, nah. See, I, here's how I see this thing playing out.
0: Those are bridge QBs, by the way. I
1: know. Well, with, other with, than Brady, I don't think <laughs> I, see, I don't think Derek Carr is bridge QB. I, I, here's what I say: I could see Brady going to Miami or going to his his pick. Sure, right? it's going to be his pick. Could be Las Vegas. Could be Vegas. I could see Jimmy G and Carr picking better situations than the Panthers. Agree. Okay, maybe there's a connection to a coach, mm-hmm. offense coordinator, head coach, whatever it might be. I don't. I don't think Taylor Heineke is the worst idea in the world. Taylor Heineke is just another bridge quarterback. It, he is. I don't doubt that. Mm-hmm. But I also think, as he showed with Washington this year, sure, I think he's got a little bit more than. What they what they've seen out of Darnold or what they've seen he's, out of Baker Mayfield? He's
0: a he's a he's.
1: But I'm saying that might be realistically what the Panthers are looking at. Joe. Okay, now if that's wanna, what I'm saying okay, to you,
0: all right. If that's what you're saying, what the real? I'm not saying who we're picking. Sure, I'm saying who who a, might be a a realistic a, option. A realistic option for the Carolina Panthers if you want to move on from Sam Darnold because you just don't want that association. They don't have him under anymore. contract. No, they can bring him back. i Right, what I'm right, saying. sure. Because the argument would be, well, if I view Jared Goff and Taylor Heineke as replacement level QBs, just like I would Sam Darnold. I, see, I wonder if Jared Goff's not more than that. I don't know, man. What, okay, well, how about this?
1: What if you hire Ben Johnson, the Lions' offense coordinator, as your head coach, and you take and you and. The Lions are interested in moving on from Goff because they have two top 10 picks.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, you're you're tying together your decision for the offensive coordinator for a QB that you know is a bridge. And do you really want to go through a list of... Goff's you know, 28. Do you want to go through another... It's funny, we've been talking about age and quarterback yeah. a lot, right? Like Dak Prescott and, and legacy of Dak Prescott and all that stuff. There's one thing in the NFL, man. We kind of know who you are pretty quick. I mean, it's, is it fair? Eh, not necessarily, but we have enough data on you by now to understand what kind of quarterback you are if the I, carolina panthers here's here's yeah. the thing if the carolina panthers were in a position where you needed somebody like golf to just operate don't screw it up i'd be willing to hear it i don't think he was that this year though at
1: 29 and 7 okay. and a team that went 9 and 8 and with most of his weapons injured most of the year like i I hear you. When he was with McVeigh, was he just a product of McVeigh? Yeah, he was. And I think this year he proved that he's been better. Last year too, nineteen and eight.
0: He, he saw, he's he's twenty eight. I'm just saying, I,
1: if you're the Panthers, yeah, you you have to you know think a little bit more realistically than perhaps the best options out there thinking they're going to come play for you. you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you, or visit our website at thedesignery.com.
0: Isn't that more of an indictment on Aaron Rodgers than it is? Jared Jeez. Goff had
1: more than Aaron Rodgers. He had more than Tom Brady. He had more than Justin Herbert. He had more than Derek Carr?
0: Okay. Dak
1: Prescott? Jalen Hurts. Okay. All right.
0: Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Two of the names that you just brought up are old and busted. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. This ain't the same. All right. Who were the other names you brought up? Justin Herbert. Okay, can we talk can we
1: talk about Justin Herbert? We can. We can. There are I mean, I know Max Kellerman is the president of the Justin Herbert fan club. When did this happen? I think it was last year, at the end of the year, when Herbert was kind of dragging the Chargers into the playoff chase. Okay, okay. Mind you, didn't make the playoffs because of Brandon Staley. But
0: Well, I I guess that's the push and pull of the Chargers in that I am of the belief that uh, Staley is one of the great paralysis-by-analysis coaches out there today, all right? As much as I love coaches who are aggressive, sometimes you can be a little too aggressive and – by you know step in it all right so this is to me that's a separate conversation what i find interesting with justin herbert is that it's positioned as this guy is ruining the greatest quarterback that's in the league right now as though patrick mahomes still doesn't exist as though josh allen actually hasn't carried brandon still calling the plays but
1: that's uh, still fair enough, you know? but he's but
0: he's blamed for it. I know he's blamed for you know his his situational awareness and everything else. I'm not saying that Justin Herbert's a bad quarterback. What I am saying is, when did he get elevated into the like man? This is the guy. What are you
1: raising your hands into? You want me to give it away now? Yeah. Okay. Who have I said on this program? Who have I identified as a rising star in the coaching profession? Which, uh... And and if Dave Doran had taken one of those jobs, who should have been strongly considered to be his replacement?
0: what, in college? Yes. Um, Was it the TCU guy? Yes. I can't
1: remember his name. His name's Garrett Riley. He's Lincoln Riley's brother. Yes. He's being hired by Clemson to be their offensive coordinator.
0: Huh. Huh. Look at Dabo. Look. He listens to this program. Look at Dabo. He listens to this program. Look at Dabo doing the right thing. Good
1: for him. Other than, you know, he led an amazing offense at TCU this year. You don't, I mean, you had to listen to this program to know well, no, 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 that no, Garrett no, no. Riley was, was, that, was the up and comer because look. you never would have figured it out by TCU's success. No, we
0: totally know that Dabo has this show piped into his office yeah, Monday through Friday. Goes
1: down the slide and uh-huh. he, he keeps it on his phone.
0: Oh, yeah, or he watches it on YouTube. Yeah, that's probably something that he does as well. And you can do that. You can, he Dabo smashed the subscribe button. All that's, right, that's Ross Dellinger with the uh, report that okay. Riley is going to Clemson. Look, you're not moving on from Brandon Streeter unless you're bringing in a splash iron. Yeah, simple as that. We know that. Yes, we that's that's Dabo. You're not moving on just to move on. You're moving on because you're bringing in a, a uh, an offensive coordinator that people are going to be hyped about. So yes, good for Clemson. Maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll actually get get back into the college football playoff next year. We shall see. They also need dudes. I think we understand that they've had a little bit of drop-off in that regard as well. But their offense got stagnant.